Building Joburg on Mix with your host, Graham Alexander. Good evening. My name is Graham Alexander. I'm chatting to Annika Shriek this evening. Annika is an architect based in Centurion and runs a business, plans123.co.za. Annika, thanks so much for coming to chat to us. Thank you very much for having me. I met you um, in the, in, in the um, web, if you like, um, with your site, 123, and, and that's how I contacted you. I was so impressed with what you do and how you do it, and uh, it's exciting to have you in the studio. Thank you very much. Um, I would regard that as mission accomplished. If you found me on the internet, it means <laughs> whatever I've been doing uh, the past six months has been working. <laughs> It started sort of with uh, looking at what you offered in the training sphere um, and CPD, which we'll, we'll get into in a little bit more detail later. But these are videos that architects and professionals, or anyone for that matter, can watch if you want to learn something about architecture and building. So, Annika, tell me how it all started. Let's, let's go back a little bit further before plans123.co.za. Um, you studied architecture. That's quite a long run, becoming an architect. So, I worked for um, actually a friend's dad um, at Neo Dimensions Architects. They are called Neo Architects at the moment. And I think that was really an incubation for me to do what I want to do, to be more. Um, I had a fantastic boss. It, it was a great experience. And um, he encouraged me to, to do whatever it is I wanted to do. So um, when I had my first baby and started working half time or half the time, I realized that I have a bit of extra time. And I decided to reinvent the way we offer architecture or just to question what it is we're doing. And um, that is how Plans 123 started. I, um, I found a partner that was, that was already selling house plans, pre-manufactured house plans online. And I, I looked into um, how we can make architecture more accessible. It seemed like a fantastic idea. Um, and and because I had the freedom at, at my old job to have my old job and investigate this thing on the side, um, I, I could really spend the time and energy in looking into how, how do architects offer architecture um, as, as a service. So I was sitting on the stoop with my husband. Uh, we were planning on making changes to our house and I realized, oh, we, we can't afford an architect. We both have master's degrees, but it would be really expensive to appoint an architect um, because all architects offer the same service at the same fee. We are being ridiculed if we charge lower fees and um, no one ever charges higher fees. So how can we all just offer this one service? Because what my husband and I needed was something slightly different. And then... I started playing with the idea of splitting it open and and making architecture more accessible to everyone in South Africa. So so we are the educated people um, who are regarded as the people who should have the money to appoint architects. Now we don't want to do it. So how on earth are architects serving the millions of people in our country who need houses? And and that's where it all started. Um, and and I started looking into into having a digital product and an online product as, as an architect. 
Selling plans um, online is something relatively new um, when the internet sort of came about. But buying plans out of magazines and that go back a long, a long way, particularly in the American market. And a lot of those magazines were sold in South Africa. But they're so um, inappropriate to, to what, what we're looking for. But there were some fair ideas. I then met a, an amazing um, person, Annika, Andre Grobler. And he he brought out a few books. One of them was his his guide to components and that in building with how big's a bath and so on, um, and and that's still selling well and it's it's sort of thirty years old. Um, so he was a genius. But he, we did a book together called um, House Plans for Southern Africa. Mm. And it was 50 house plans that you could buy online. But it shows how far the thinking has come. Because at that point in time, we thought you could only sell a house plan if it's sort of 40, 50 square meters, max mm. 100 square meters. You would never sell a house plan for 200 or 300. It was just sort of out of, out of the, the scope. So um, one thing that, that actually... It's still I don't I don't I can't get my head around it is why are we okay with all driving the same cars and um, living in complexes where there are literally hundreds of houses that look exactly the same one on top of the other um, but we're not okay to buy pre-manufactured house plans um, and I know it's come a long way but still it's not the norm to buy your house plan online people Google for plans. And those who um, are not going to be submitting to council because they are in rural areas and there is no infrastructure to do that, I, I assume they build from their own plans then. The, the thing that bothers me most about it is the quality of the space that person lives in for his entire life is of a poor quality. And we as architects have libraries and libraries full of incredible designs why aren't we making it more affordable to everyone to buy these house plans? Um, so, so the quality of the spaces they spend their lives in is, is a higher quality. Um, I think that's the, the whole thing where plans started out. We've pivoted in the meantime, where we've decided to rather spend our time in educating architects on how to split open their service, not only offering that one single full service, rather developing their own service in things they are good at so um, they can sell it in pockets or bite sizes to the general public, serving the people of our country yeah. better. When we look at those bite sizes or these pieces of a whole service, um, what are they as an example? So a typical bite size is um, selling them a plan that pre-exists. Um, let's say my dad needs to build a, f a house for people on his farm. There's no need for him to consult anyone, but it's better if he uses a properly designed house to do that. We sell it to him, we email it to him. That is an isolated service. Or um, I know I am very good at site work. So I tell the people around me I'm good at site work. Other architects then phone me. Actually, I had a call about that this morning where the lady says, listen, I can't do the site work on this project. I can do the whole design, but I'm having a baby in two weeks. Is it possible for you to please do stage five and six? Yes, of course it is. Obviously, we have to come to an agreement who's going to sign it off, what happens if there are changes. But these are all things we can address. We can offer as isolated services. 
So you refer to a stage there, stage six, uh, assuming there are, there's obviously five others before stage six, which would go through design, compiling the drawings, I guess, doing the documentation and so on. But I think it's a recognized structure in the architectural profession, the six stages. Um, and that's an example of you could be an architect that just offers one of those. Yes. So um, typically... I'm not good with a concept design. And it's good for me that I've identified that. That means I can pay someone that is good at that to do that part of the job for me because I'm fantastic at dealing with the tender. Um, that's typically a part of the job that your typical fantastic designer doesn't like to do. So I think as architects, we have to start offering our services to each other so the client can get a better service from all of us. We are not all jaw colors. We are not all all-rounders. Um, you have to identify what you're good at and tell your client, I'm good at this, but we are going to appoint someone else to do the site work because she is fantastic at that. Um, that's, yeah, yeah. that's the gist of it. Anika, when we come back, I want to get into some of the tools and some of the tools that, that um, you are offering. I'm chatting to Anika Shriek. Um, from plans123.co.za chatting about architecture generally but we're going to get into the training information side um, in more detail. So Eddie Van Halen left us and, and you see a lot in media today and I'm sure you've all heard a lot of Van Halen today um, and rest in peace Eddie Van Halen. I don't think he's going to rest in peace. I think there's going to be a lot of rock and roll. So we're going to play some Van Halen this evening. If you have heard it um, let's celebrate, Eddie. Good evening. I'm chatting to Annika Schrick. Thanks again, Annika, for, for joining us. You mentioned, and it's part of your objective, um, is to equip architects with the right tools and skills and make the services more accessible, which we touched on just now. But w the tools and skills, what, what, what do you um, mean by that? So I think um, one of the limitations w when we are educated is because we only have this one big service, we don't really get the practical things we should be doing to have architectural businesses. So um, I spend a lot of my time trying to equip other architects to get the right systems in place and use the right tools in order to develop their architectural businesses. Obviously, I'm talking to the smaller architect or the, the smaller firm architect. Um, the, so what tools can we use? Um, what I'm using at the moment is Instagram. It is an incredibly powerful tool. Um, I started the handle, I thought I knew architecture in April. We have about 2000 followers um, and the feedback I'm getting is incredible. The amount of work I've gotten from that handle is something I can't even explain to you. So that's a great tool that you can use. Um, LinkedIn is a fantastic tool um, to generate work from. Obviously, the are millions of software tools and you know other things you, you can use as tools but one thing I, I spend my time on is to help architects to develop the right skills in order to be better but this is something anyone can do whether you're an architect if you are in any profession developing skills is just a mindset you can decide that you want to learn new skills anyone can learn any skill you just need the discipline um, and obviously access access to the right information. Um, I believe that you are a, a product of your habits. And 
I try to help other architects or other people to develop the right kind of habits so their skills can improve. Uh, one of the skills we, we discuss in the videos is how to publish your own work, how to get your work published. Um, there we equip you with the right information, we send you to the right software so you can publish your work tonight. Um, how to start your own business. There we discuss what type of software should be you be using, what your accountant should be doing, what your attorney should be doing, should you be renting offices or not. And um, we really focus on giving you practical advice, not theoretical advice. Um, that's why I say we investigate the right tools, tactics and techniques so you can implement them into your business immediately. But it's relevant for anyone um, to upskill yourself. It's a habit. Look, look on the internet what training you want. Anyone can get trained at yeah. any time. Using these um, different platforms and avenues to market a bus or your, your profession or, or your business rather mm -hmm. in architecture, and as you said, you could be an accountant, you could be anybody, but in architecture, you're marketing to a market. And in your experience, Annika, when someone wants to build a home or build a building, um, obviously, if they're developers and that they're more used to working with architects, but homeowners and that they may only work with an architect once in their lives. Where do you find they look? So everyone will Google anyone. That is, that's a rule. So word of mouth still exists. But even if someone refers me to a physiotherapist, I'm going to Google them to see what reviews they are about them. What do other people say about them? That means as as a professional or as anyone, as an entrepreneur, actually for me it is as an entrepreneur, I need to be sure that if someone Googles me, what will they find? Um, and I literally started spending time on that in April this year. And please go Google Annika Shrik. You'll see that um, my website is in place, LinkedIn is in place, Instagram is in place, Facebook is in place. That means someone can immediately see who I am, what it is I'm doing, do I have credibility. If someone's saying something bad about me, that will pop up. And I think you have to be Googleable. That's, I know yeah. it's not a word. But, <laughs> <laughs> but we get it. Yes. So as a, as a professional, and you know, a lot of professionals weren't trained in business, unfortunately. And I know a lot of professionals said one year should have just been business. Yes. Um, and, and part of business is marketing. So a lot of, a lot of guys and girls aren't, aren't good at it um, and, or they don't know how to do it, etc. So can you, can you speak to a social media specialist to put those, like you, you just mentioned, four platforms, those four platforms in place and Googleable? So what I did myself is I looked for free online training um, on the internet and I watch online training religiously and I listen to podcasts on how to put yourself out there. So putting yourself out there is one thing, but then what we referred to earlier as your isolated services, packaging those into sellable products. That is very important because now a client can relate with you. Um, you say upfront, I am very good with houses in, in midstream estate. That is a really important thing. Um, midstream has a whole booklet of rules that you have to comply to. Architects who have experience there, um, they can help you quicker. And well, I think for cheaper because they know the system better. So you have to sell that as a package. Too often, architects use words on their websites like 
commercial or um, uh, residential. You know, it's everyone has that word on their website. It doesn't speak to the client. So go back, go and think, how will someone reach you? So how they'll reach you is they'll, uh, they'll Google architect Midrand. And um, will they be able to find you? That means your SEO, your search engine optimization on your website must be in order. But that means you have to identify uh, um, your keywords. Your keywords then have to be the estates in your area because sure. then someone can Google architect Midrand. Uh, um, architect, well, whatever estate is in this area. Um, and that, because you have a niche and you have, you've put your product into a sellable pocket, now you can sell yourself. Yeah. Now, I think they should have taught us this at university. <laughs> <laughs> I'm chatting to Annika Shrek. Annika, would you spend money on Google? You've mentioned the four platforms, but now to advertise on Google? <laughs> I spend a lot of money on Google and on Facebook. I'm not paying for LinkedIn at the moment. I think, yes, I think that's where I'm spending money. Yeah. But yes, we, um, we spend a lot of money on, well, on telling people that you exist. And, and the power of these tools are incredible. I mean, the people I've reached, I would never have been able to reach them in any other way. So yes, spend money. Yeah. Because so I've chatted to a lot of people where they say, well, my results aren't that good, but they're relying on, on organic growth and free stuff. And, and, it's, and it doesn't work the same as paid stuff. So Plans123 has had a, a consistent flow of traffic of over 15,000 unique visitors per month for the past two years, maybe year and a half. Um, and that's fantastic. That means we have a platform where we can communicate to the public because the people who come to our site Google Houseplan South Africa. That's the, the keyword we went for. And um, I, I think we can really use it to educate the, the general public or as the, the house client. Um, but then secondly, also use it as a place where architects can share information, can share their content um, and, and benefit from our collective knowledge actually the concept of selling off plan is is nothing new um if one goes back to the the, the early 60s 70s in johannesburg the blair gowry areas and that there was shachat kalam um Gough cooper was the other home builder huge companies um, building homes you could choose which one you wanted and you can actually see them in those areas. It's the same house. Um, and you choose how many plug points. That. So it's, 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 not, it's not new. But we, we were quite venturesome and we went into a book um, after Andre Grobler called um, Houses for Africa with very sort of elaborate architecture. Um, we, somebody else did the architecture. And we then did um, house plans in Southern Africa twice. And so the thing evolved and we were trying to get in touch with that market of how, how you could choose a plan and everything else. And we did a bit of quantities with it, etc. And I must say that it didn't work as well as we thought it would mm. work. Um, and it works like that in America. It worked like that in the early days of Johannesburg. So um, I completely agree with you. Um, we didn't sell as many plans as, as we had hoped. But what we're trying to do now is to sell um, the the drawing files, the digital files between architects. So why I'm doing that is 
because I need, I actually need that product. Because I'm not a good designer and because I've identified that, I can take a house plan that was designed by someone else, um, any architect, buy it for the amount they are selling it for. Obviously, I'm going to use the the client's deposit to buy it. I'm not going to use my own money to buy it. Don't work for free. Please stop working for free. Um, so you ask for a deposit, you buy that model um, from from the original architect, and then you edit it according to that client's needs. But can you hear that you can offer a client a far cheaper service now? Suddenly, uh, a service that should have cost about 180, 200,000 Rand can now cost 20,000 Rand because you're spending far less time on it. And that's that's the venture we are busy with at the moment. Yeah. You can also get the, the, the technical side of the drawing and the structure almost 100% because mm. you can spend big, big, big energy on that drawing that's going to sell for maybe five or, st- five to five or six projects. So the, the thing I want to ca- cash in on is I want to say all architects, but let's go with most architects, have libraries and libraries full of fantastically designed houses, which they're only selling once. So we all have these title blocks that says the copyright belongs to the architect, Yes, the arch- uh, but yet the architect never uses that copyright. And I think that is fantastic gap in the market anyone can cash in on it it's not only some people can do it you can start reselling your plans immediately if you can teach yourself how to put a shop onto your website you can start doing it how to get traffic over your site that's a whole different ball game but i mean it can be done i actually urge you please start doing it tonight when we come back anika I want to chat to you about um, two things. One is, could you design a home with an automated tool? Okay. (laughs) Um, Maybe we'll talk about that while the music's playing. Um, And and the the other one was in in the the sale of of house plans. We already have that when you buy sectional title, townhouses, etc. You're basically getting what the developer built. So we're going to touch on those two things when we come back. I'm chatting to Annika Schrick. Good evening. My name is Graham Alexander. I'm chatting to Annika Schrick from plans123.co.za. If you're thinking of building and if you're an architect and thinking about training and CPD, visit Annika's site. That's, that's how I got to know Annika. I think it's an amazing site. Um, before the break, I mentioned um, about plans on townhouses and and developments like that where you don't have a you have a little bit of choice but not much so that's something that's also been around um, a long time and then i wanted to go to um, automated design now we spend a lot of time on the show talking about vr and boom and so it's a sort of space that we we explore and whether it works or not perfectly is another issue we're just exploring but the idea of automated design, Anika, if somebody could go onto an app or a website or something and go, okay, I want a house this big, must cost this, I want plaster, my site plan is this, this, this. So you, you put in all these, these different um, factors and something comes out the other end. I would completely support it. Um, I think what can happen there is that you can eliminate... Uh, what we call stages one to three, which is inception, where I 
I learn to understand the client's needs. If a client can go and spend the time to make a little model to explain to himself what he needs, it would really simplify my life most of the time. Then we go into concept development. That automated program would really take all of that out of it for me as well. Again, I have to say that that is the part of architecture I don't like and that I'm bad at and I'm sure many architects will disagree with me but I would love it if a client rocks up with some kind of a proper plan when they when they come to me because yes I can guide them from there I can tell them no your house is orientated badly please go back to the drawing board um, this is how spaces should move together please think about your own kitchen what do you want what do you like in a kitchen i can tell you what i think works and but but often with houses specifically people have very very um specific ideas about what they want and i think if there are automated programs that can work well then architects should engage those as tools and and offer their service around those tools um Again, I think that would make architecture more affordable, giving more people access to the knowledge architects have. We don't have to start from scratch every time. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, I, I, would, I would love such a tool. Please send it to me. <laughs> <laughs> You'll know, Anika, that one of my um, goals in life was, was to, to, to get cost calculating right in the building industry. And, and we've gone a long way over the last sort of two decades but in automated design you could also that's a, obviously one of the first questions that you should ask someone how much do you want to spend how much money have you got we see so many designs come through our professional the quantity surveying office that the client cannot afford mm. and they only find out when it goes out to tender or even worse they find out and they've started building and suddenly now the builder disappears and things start going wrong and you're going, no, hold on, this is a million rand more than, you, than you've got. It, it's rife. It's, it's almost every, every project. So, Graham, one thing that, that really um, bugs me is that architects try to shy away from the building cost. And I think we should really stop that immediately. Being a good architect means you have the ability to produce a building or a structure or whatever type of architecture you are offering in the allocated time within the right budget. If you can't do that, then you're probably good at designing nice things, but that doesn't make you a good architect. And um, I actually think that when someone looks for an architect, those are the questions you should be asking. Ask, what is this architect's track record? Are they producing buildings on time and in budget? Is that what I want? There are clients who just want pretty things and who has the budgets to facilitate these types of projects. But our industry has a bad name because of exactly this. We don't really take ownership of what it's going to cost. And when we design, it often happens that we are not cognizant of, of how much these incredibly large um, aluminium facades are going to cost and what, what the fenestration will, uh, uh, the window specification will do to it. Uh, to, to the building cost. And I think we really have to start addressing that. But if we split our services, then it makes it far easier for us to do that, to say, okay, so this is this is the house plan you're going to buy. Uh, 
this house has been built before, it costs that much money. If you're going to make changes to it, from my experience, this is typically what, what it would cost if we change, let's say, if we change all the finishes to something else. Um, then you can advise your client far more accurately. Um, I think the way projects start is is the first thing that we can address. Um, I've seen it before that architects just immediately start pushing out a design. And and I think that costs architects um, a lot of money because we work at risk, but there was never an agreement in place. So we, we are starting from the wrong point. And um, by, by not really taking ownership of what a building's gonna cost, then architects burn their fingers. That's where projects go south. Um, and I think that's really something we, we should be addressing as an industry as a whole. Yeah. Too many buildings, particularly homes, um, are built or start building and, and part of the specification hasn't even been discussed. Mm. Things like the skirting and the curtain tracks and sometimes even the sanitary wear. And PCs are put in place where the builder says, okay, I've allowed 100,000 for this and that meantime it's 300,000. Mm. Um, it's part of getting the tender. Mm. Um, okay, let's move away from that a little bit back to something a bit more positive. Sharing information um, is something you've mentioned a few times, Annika, and, and a lot of information nowadays is digital. So it's, it's quite easy to share. And our files or architects' files are generally this, um, readable, DWGs and so on. So we should be able to do that. But what about um, sorry, collaboration? So you've already mentioned you, you don't like the design side. So you've got someone you work with that does that and someone that... So you could have three or four architects working on one house mm. um, in collaboration with each other because we can talk to each other digitally. Yes. So what I've done before is um, I, I have a big corporate client. Suddenly they want a coffee shop in one of their buildings. So I've, I have no experience with coffee shops. So what I do then is I appoint... Um, uh, the best coffee shop designer I know of, award-winning coffee shop um, designer, I pay her 4,000 Rand a day, which is a lot. I think it's a lot of money. And then she can actually just hand me back my files and I take it from there. I take full ownership. I take full responsibility for what she's designed, for what she's done. I, I check it myself, obviously, but I can use her to do things and because we can share the files digitally, it she never has to go to site. Okay, but she did go to site. But um, even if I outsource some of my other drawing work to to draftsmen, they never have to go to the site. I literally just share it with them via Dropbox or whatever um, a platform you are using. They edit it, they send it back. Yes, I take full responsibility for it. I check each and every note. I change it if it needs changing. I can't say, yes, but that person did it for me. I st I'm still the owner of that digital drawing um, because I'm going to be signing it off eventually. But I have no issue that we are sharing content digitally. Yeah. Um, I'm sharing my documents, the documents I've developed myself. Um, I have an inception document, where the, which is the first document um, that... Actually, I send it to clients up front to say this is what we'll be discussing at the meeting so they can know what to expect. There we have a program. We cover everything that's in the in SACAP's code of conduct. Um, and 
like um, if there's a dispute or, you know, all those items that we have to discuss with the client. And then I send that document to them after our first meeting, the completed document, together with my first bill. That shows me if this is a paying client or not. I didn't start one single piece of design, but that document I regard as a digital asset. Anyone who asks me for it, I send it to them. They must change it as they see fit. Yeah. Um, any any type of documents we have. Um, the the one other thing I'll pay money for is if you know of an architect who does a lot of work for developers and you know they have a risk work agreement that they use to sign with the developers, then I will pay money to get that document before I do risk work for someone else. So yes, I'll pay 500 Rand to get a document of an architect I know has spent time and money on this. Sure. Because what's happening at the moment is we are all stealing content from our previous bosses and sharing it with each other. <laughs> and no one's <laughs> so saying it's happening that is, anyway. it's, that is how yeah. everyone gets content. I yeah. mean, if I can tell you the amount of architect's content I have because it was shared by friends and that's everyone's situation. Yeah. Why not put it out in the open, make it legal? <laughs> <laughs> I'm chatting to Annika Shri. Good evening, my name's Graham Alexander. Sometimes you have to pay attention. Um, this, the, the song we were listening to, Streets of Philadelphia by Bruce Springsteen. Interesting song, it won so many awards because it was actually the title song um, in, in the movie, Streets of Philadelphia. So it, it, it won a whole lot of um, Grammy Awards and an Oscar and so on. Bruce Springsteen, I think he's great. But then again, I'm older than most of you guys out there. <laughs> I'm chatting to Annika Shriek. We're talking about architecture and related subjects. And I've left the best for last, Annika. Is going on to your, your site, plans123.co.za. Um, I went and had a look at all the videos that are available that you can watch. And you pay a certain amount to watch the video. And you get certain CPD points um that's specifically for architects but anybody could watch for that for that matter um so Anika, just so that we all understand because we're not all architects listening um to the show is what is a cpg point so cpd is the is called um continued professional development that is similar to doctors and other professionals who need to continue to train themselves so they will remain relevant. So we have to obtain these points as part of our professional registration. Um, so normally what I would have done is about three days a year, you would spend on obtaining um, these points. You can select what what your interests are and then attend attend these classes. Normally it would be in some conference facility and it takes up the full day. So my biggest issue with it was that it took the full day. So it took the full day out of my office or um, you know, an earning day for me and working for myself, um, that's a difficult thing for me to spend a full day on something. And I have small babies, so it, it's completely inconvenient. Um, so, when I started, during lockdown, I, I did a lot of online training, um, trying to get better at many, at many things, to try and pivot my business or just be better, just to make a plan. Obviously, it's difficult being an architect now, it's difficult to be anyone now, so 
I try to be better. The people I follow a lot is Tim Ferriss and Jenna Kutcher and Tony Robbins. These people are motivational speakers. And I realized that's exactly what we should be doing as architects. We should be encouraging each other to be better. We should share what we've learned and empower each other to be better. We have to consume these CPDs, but take control over it and develop a higher quality product. So um, the, the content I, I accumulated to better myself, I converted into, uh, well, I, I had it accredited, which is a formal process. And then we developed the, the online platform where everyone can have access to it. Um, but I have to tell you, these interviews completely changed the way I offer architecture. It, I'm, I'm so glad, even if only I benefit from it, it, it was <laughs> worth it for me. Other cool things that can happen now is um, the software allows you to watch, watch the content at double speed. So watching something at double speed is something you have to get used to. It's not, you can't just do it. Yeah. But people who are used to listening to Audible or things like that, they, they get used to it easier. But what I find is if I'd listen to a double speed, that's the only thing I do. Because you, um, because it's only a conversation similar to this, so it's easy to listen to, it's, it's nice, it's relatable, one would easily do something else. But then what happens is then you half-ass what you're doing and you're not really taking what you should be taking from the content. So if you watch it at double speed, you sit there with your notes and you start writing down the actions. That's really important to me. The worst thing that can happen is you've spent all these hours learning something and afterwards, if someone asks you what you've learned, you're like, um, ach ja, I don't. That is the last thing I want to happen. Um, So um, we've developed worksheets with it as well to help you structure your actions after doing the training. Um, and I think this is relevant for anyone who's doing online training. Make sure that you you get high quality content where you will be able to be better at something after you've consumed the content. Um, have, a, have a sensible notepad where you write your actions, put it in your diary, what you're gonna be doing. Um, you know, if the, if the topic is thought leadership in architecture, then write down what can you, what are you better at than than your colleagues? Um, f- you know, obviously I've mentioned what the things what the things are I'm better at. This is a process I go through literally weekly. It's not a once-off thing. Or if we discuss how to um, have a more digital architecture firm, you know, go and have a look at your website. Spend the time on it. So I do think some people just consume the content and. Um, I kind of think of it sometimes afterwards, but there is the opportunity here to really delve into it, to really add value to yeah. the, the service you are offering. How long are the videos? I'm sure they're all different, but but it's give us an idea. So to earn a full CPD point, one has to um, offer nine hours of content. This can be written content, video content, or um, oh, it could be that there is something. Oh, and the quiz is also regarded as part of the process. So um, it has to be regarded as a full day. That's how they measure it, which I, I don't really think is, is completely right. You know, if something's measured in time and not in quality, yeah. but that doesn't really, I want you to feel, oh my goodness, how much have I learned? Um, and that's what we're trying to achieve is to push as much as we can into those nine hours. So. If it takes you two weeks to consume the content, I'm happy. It means you 
you've learned everything. You've taken everything you can. Yeah. You've invested your time. How not, so then how long is each video? Oh, sorry. It's not um, each video. So um, on the one course, it's literally one hour at a time. And on um, the second course, I have an interview with two guys who started their architecture business two years ago. It's called How to Start an Architecture Business. Um, but that interview, it was scheduled to be one hour. It took us two and a half hours. But that's how long it took to go through it. Yeah. And I think that's what's great about this typology is um, we take as long as it takes to get the right content. We're not pushed into, oh, I'm running out of time and things sure. like that. Um, so um, we're moving away from dreading through PowerPoint presentations um, and including you as a fly on the wall into conversations you actually should have or would have wanted to yeah. have. So if you want to check this out, um, go to plans123.co.za. I recommend it. Anika, all good things come to an end and we have run out of time. Thank you so much for, for coming to chat to us. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. So we're going to play out with some more Van Halen. You really got me. We'll chat to you next Wednesday. Ciao. Building Joburg on Mix with your host, Graham Alexander.